You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. At God Stories Radio, this is session 265. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? Thursday night. Yeah, it is. Right Thursday here under night. the lights. <laughs> right under the lights. And uh what a great week. Well, it was I had you weren't around when I was talking to Fritz all my week has been going, and it's only Thursday. Really? Yeah. Do tell. <laughs> um I suppose I could. Um, the gentleman who is uh, responsible for our guest tonight, when we were talking about it a couple weeks ago in the lobby at the church, he texted me the next day. And he says, when he was talking with me in the church, that father had given him a word for me. And that word was steadfast. Mm. I was in tears. That's a good word. Think. <laughs> who who uses the word steadfast? Yeah, the father, obviously. Yeah. I was in tears. Doesn't make need too much interpolation. No. Oh, I looked it up in all angles. I could look it up. Hebrew, um, Greek, English. And uh yeah. That was amazing. Wow. I, uh-huh. I think that's a great word to describe you, Mikey. It's, it's nice that it came from father. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that it came from father. Can you tell your other story or no? Um, well, we can, we can um, generalize it maybe. Um, well, yeah. You could just say work. Work, yeah. Uh, at work, um, like we've always said, and, and you should know that everybody's watching. Or not everybody, but you don't know who is watching. Mm. You do not. Nope. And uh, a manager from where I work um, talked to me on Tuesday and saw things the way, you know, the way he saw it and see things and everything else and heard things and so on and so forth. And he came out and asked me to pray for him. Wow. And um, it was a wow. That's a big wow. Mm -hmm. He he mentioned things. Never know. He mentioned things that he saw that I didn't know anybody would have seen it. 
So, <laughs> well, there you I go. Think, I think I mentioned on the, the show before that I prayed for my grandson. Yeah. When he was leaving on the last day. Yeah. Well, I guess this gentleman was in the parking lot and saw that is one of the things he had mentioned. Coincidence. You think? <laughs> so anyway, wow. it was, it's a, been an awesome week so far and it's only Thursday. That's great, Mikey. That, that's unbelievable. Man. How about you, babe? What's going on over there? I've had a really good week too. All right. All right. I was really happy about it because they don't come very often. (laughs) That's why we're saying all right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh So yeah, uh, I'm thrilled. And then I am taking some vacation time next week. So that's going to be even better because, hey, Mm -hmm. right? Any day fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I got to agree. Right. That's for sure. And actually, yeah. I got like a sh- little vacation next week, too. I, you know, Thursday is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Junior has to work on Thanksgiving. So we're doing Friday Thanksgiving. Carrot cake? So I had to uh, ask. Pumpkin pie? I had to ask for sat- Thursday, Friday off. What are you making, Mikey? <laughs> oh, I'm making stop. A, Leave him alone. I'm making well, like usual inquiring oyster, minds have to know. Oyster stuffing. <laughs> what? Oyster stuffing. It's Unbelievable. What? Oh, yeah. Oyster so, stuffing. So I'm going to have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday off three days in a row. Wow. wow. That's been a long time since a you've long had oyster time. stuffing. Man. A, a, year. a year. I was going to say it's a been year. a year, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is oyster stuffing. I mean, the Holy Ghost shows up oyster stuffing. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. Yes, sir. Well, I'm wow. excited because I just found a recipe for cauliflower mashed potatoes. Hey. Coquito. <laughs> <laughs> and gravy. Uh-huh. And so, gravy. I'm sorry, babe. Yeah. I mean, to shortchange you. Right? Mm-hmm. That'll preach right there. Yeah. It will to me. I'll tell you. <laughs> Stew in that and gravy. what about you over there, Fritz? <laughs> I've had a good week as well. We've, wow. um, yeah. It's, uh, we're at gearing up for Christmas at the church right. and hopefully that uh, the COVID scare won't uh, affect uh, what's going on because we're planning some really big things. We're going to do a campfire Christmas outside. Mm-hmm. Sounds like so much fun. <laughs> Disney barrels and light them on fire. And well, it's going to be pretty cool. And then right. we're going to uh, planning a Christmas Eve drive up service outside. Oh, Okay. And if you've ever been to FUMC, we call it the bowl because it's down in there in the bowl. Mm-hmm. Hoping to have a, a good stage and we're planning some good things. Hopefully the weather will be great. And we're also going to film one. So we're going to show one filmed in the Wesley. So everybody will be covered. If they can't come out, they can sit at home and watch it. Oh, nice. We may even try to live stream from the parking lot. Who knows? We'll get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you going to be like a news anchor out there. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I could take my little FUMC flag yeah. and go, Fritz reporting live from the parking lot right here at FUMC. Uh-huh. Back to you, Mike. <laughs> wow. How cool is that? Well, yeah, we've all had great weeks. That's praise the Lord. Praise that's the great. Lord. I mean, I'm, we're all, everybody's always going through something. And mm-hmm. that's just, uh, that encourages me. That's great. Fabulous. Fantastic. Sparkling. And guess Absolutely what? Sparkling. what? We have Facebook likes what? too. What? Yeah. So we want to say thank you to Rhonda Harris. Rhonda, thank you. Thank you for liking us on Facebook. Thank you so much. And we also want to thank Tracy Fagan. 
Tracy Fagan, welcome to the GSR family. Yes, Thank welcome. you so much. And we're welcoming her in more than one way because we are hoping to partner with Tracy in the near future. So good things are coming. Good things are coming and look forward to having her on the show and exploring a little bit more about what that partnership will look like. Man, another, I'm another excited. Coincidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, I tell you, uh, 2020 has been a, <laughs> a maze of things, you know, but, uh-huh. uh, just over the last couple of weeks, I've really seen God move, especially on behalf of God Stories Radio. Yeah. So I'm really excited for the upcoming year and, and what the Lord is doing, the guests mm-hmm. like tonight. Right. I mean, it just is here. Right. And I am so excited. Uh, I can't wait. So somebody told me that 2020 is the new curse word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> you know, I got I got to say that for everything that's happened in 2020, um hasn't been a bad year for me. Oh good. You know, all the chaotic stuff that's going on, it, it really hasn't affected me at all cuz last year was probably a, a really rough year for me. So So you got it out of the way early. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You're all yeah, a, lot, a lot of personal struggle, a lot of <laughs> a lot of um a lot of encounter with God to overcome a lot of obstacles. So 2020 is like a year of victory. Mhm. Well, Mike, why don't you introduce the voice behind the mic? I will do that. Mike? Mikey. Yeah. Mikey, He's I'm Mikey sorry. Mikey tonight. We got Mike and Mike tonight. It's like a sports yeah. show. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we're going to call our Mike, Mikey tonight. Okay, you usually Mikey. do anyway. Well, we, yes. Yeah, yes. typically we do. All right. Um, our guest is a friend of Juan Carranza, who was on GSR in May of 2017. His uh, testimony was number 123, Freedom Behind Bars. Now, from what I heard, Juan told Michael that he gave his testimony on GSR over three years ago. And within the last couple of weeks, Michael came to Juan and asked if he could get him on GSR. I just, just happened to be in the lobby at church when Juan came out of service and we spoke. And now Michael is here. I do, I do know that Michael is from Ocoee. He is married and has a daughter. The job he gave the job he had he the job he had gave him the opportunity to disciple many recovering addicts of which Juan was one of them i also know his partial he is partial to the book of ephesians i give you michael backman michael welcome to the show welcome, welcome to the show welcome 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 i appreciate it man we're glad to have you we got to get mikey a new publisher cuz he can't <laughs> Uh-huh. Somebody's <laughs> writing the stuff. Read my own writing. Somebody's writing the stuff backwards. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, about um, I gotta say, a couple weeks ago, I was in uh, worship and um, the, the Lord just ministered to me and said, "You know, what are you doing with your testimony?" Hmm. And He refreshed me and how King David always spoke about his testimonies, and the Lord just showed me that it's not my testimony in the first place; that it's mm, His. Amen. And then I didn't do anything with it. He gave it to me for a reason. Mm-hmm. He did. And nobody can dispute it because right. it's got yours. that right, man. And it's each, each individual testament, we've said it many times, is yep. made just for you. Amen. Yep. And, I, you know, <clears throat> I know it's impactful because there's a lot of people I've learned over the years that have been through things that they don't want to talk about. They're, they're ashamed of things where they have a lot of regret and they don't. Uh, fully see the power in that, the fact that they have overcome mm-hmm. these things and, and they live kind of in the shadows. And um, 
being able to see Juan for one, uh, he's, he's actually one of my closest brothers and being able to see his transformation in his life. Um, it's just, it's just encouraging to see, um, the fruit that remains, you know, from the seeds that were sown. And, um, I guess, uh, from, for me, uh, we can just start as, as soon as I can remember. Um, I don't really remember too much my childhood. I don't have many memories, but I do remember um, my grandmother always praying over me. Mm. My grandmother was always, um, she always spoke in tongues and I, and I never understood it, but I never rejected it, you know, and, and it just something that always stuck with me over the years and um, didn't realize how powerful those prayers were until I had finally come to the Lord many years later. Um, so I think, I think, um, it all started for me when, uh, my mother and my stepfather were divorced. And, um, I remember for some reason, this is one of the clearest memories that I have. I remember swimming. I was swimming all day in the swimming pool at our, in our apartment in Orlando. And I don't even know how old I was. And I remember my mother came down there to the pool and said, you know, your, your dad's leaving. And, and I didn't know what that meant. I just thought he was going to the store. She said, you want to come say goodbye? And I was like, I'm swimming. <laughs> I hadn't, you know, I didn't know. I didn't understand mm, it. Yeah, and, right. And, um, I lived with that regret for a long time because I didn't know he was leaving, leaving, like mm. not coming back. And um, from that moment forward, I, I started to, to understand because I thought he was my father. Um, and I didn't have the concept that he was my stepdad. And, uh, you know, then when I started to put two and two together and I started to find out about my real father, um, that's where a lot of the strongholds began to build in my life, mm. um, because of the fact that I didn't have a dad, you know, and then I dealt with rejection and then I had the lack of understanding of why I wasn't loved. So that really, for, for me, it turned into a lot of anger, it turned into a lot of frustration, a lot of hatred. Um, and I don't, I don't think it was directed particularly at anybody else. It was more inward. And, you know, of course, I didn't understand any of this until coming to Christ, you know, really surrendering to Christ, you know, about seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, all that I knew of my father was that he was um, a drug addict, that he was violent. Uh, he used to beat my mother. Um, just all horrible things. That's all I was ever told of him. And then I found out that he lived in the same town as us and I'd never seen him. And it steered me in a really, really dark direction. And it, and because I had so much anger in my heart from that, it caused me to lash out a lot in school, um, getting in a lot of trouble, getting in a lot of fights, uh, just any way I could to show out. And uh, by, the, I re, by the time I was 10 years old, um, I was arrested. Wow. Um, I, I don't recall what for... Um, but 10 I do, years old? 10 years old. Wow. And I remember going to juvenile detention center. And I remember it clearly. I don't remember what I went for, but I remember it clearly that the feeling that I had, is, and it shocked me that I had no fear of it. Hmm. There was no intimidation. There was no fear of it at all. It was just there. And I wasn't, it, the, the surroundings obviously were a shock to me, but it, I had no fear of it. Like it, mm -hmm. you, you would think at that age, you would mm -hmm. be, you'd be scared of it. And, you know, now that I have uh, a different understanding, it was the enemy working in his ways to, to pull me into a cycle of life. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, that just started to snowball from there. By the time I was, um, I want to say 12 or 13, I was already expelled from public school for violence. Then I was expelled from alternative schools for violence and was on house arrest waiting to go to a juvenile prison. And um, by the time I was 15, I was sent away to a juvenile prison for armed burglary and uh, several burglaries, actually. Um, and I remember I went away to prison and I, again, I had no fear. I mm. didn't have any fear of it or whatever. It was just kind of like I was just there. And it was just uh, going through the motions of life experience. And um, I remember in that time, my father died. And I started getting all these letters in the mail from all my family. And my family was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, well, what are you talking about? And it was his, his obituary in there. And I was like, how can I not be, you know what? Why would I not be okay? I never knew the man. Mm -hmm. So there was just a deadness in my heart. There was no feeling. And, and uh, as a result of that, you know, I had no, no respect for authority. I had no discipline in my life, no, no guidance. Um, there was a massive need for a father that I didn't know how to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of years of my life internalizing that. And by the time I got out, um, I was 16 and my family was living in Okoy. And my mother was, um, she was married to my little sister's father at the time. And when I came home, um, I had gotten my GED when I was incarcerated. So I didn't have to go to school. So I never went to high school. I kicked out of school in eighth grade and I just never went back. Um, so I missed out on a lot of stuff, high school, all, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, and I excelled in sports and things like that, that I used to just like to play in the streets and, and, and uh, just in the neighborhoods. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure I could have went somewhere with some of that, but um, I'm, I'm actually grateful that I didn't go in that direction because I wouldn't be where I am now. But um, I remember my mother, well, let me backtrack a little bit. I was on house arrest waiting to go to prison when I was, 15, 14 or 15. And I remember a friend of mine, um, we were, I was already into drugs by then. I was already um, on hallucinogens, uh, smoking pot, smoking cigarettes, drinking um, at a very early age. And I remember a friend of mine, he, he went to go pick up some drugs and he didn't come back for a really long time. I remember being so angry at him when he finally showed up because I couldn't leave. I was on house arrest, so I couldn't go find him. When he finally came back, he had a bunch of cocaine with him. And when he came in the house, um, neither one of us had ever done cocaine. And my mother, I know at the time, she was a drug addict um, and she, she had done, she does cocaine. It was well, it was known that she did. And um, I just thought to myself, go ask your mom. And I went out, I remember going out in the living room and my mother and my stepfather were out in the living room and I, and I asked them, I said, you know, got kind of a strange question. And they were like, what? And I said, well, we have some cocaine. We don't know how to do it. We don't want to overdose. Will you show us how to do it? My mother was like, yeah. So she showed us how to cut up and snort cocaine. Wow. Mm. And um, so back to where I was at when I had come home from juvenile prison. I was 16 and I was living in Okoy and uh, living in my mother's house. Didn't have to go to school. And my neighbor gave me a job. So I was making pretty decent money at that age. I was doing architectural stonework and um, I, I excelled really well at it. So I made a lot of money at a young age, which was not a good mixture. <laughs> so I spent a lot of my money on partying. And I remember my mother and my stepfather were, um, they used to always have um, 
very unsavory company. And I always knew something was going on. So one night I decided to just walk in the room and see what they were doing. And I was 16 years old. And um, that was the first night that I smoked crack cocaine. And my mother and my stepfather gave it to me. And it, um, it's, it progressed over time um, to where it pretty much took a hold of me. Mm-hmm. And it, it pulled me in deep. Um, and it took, it took some years for it to happen um, to where I finally uh, chose to go to a rehab center. And I went to this rehab center and I remember it was a faith-based program. It wasn't where I, it wasn't total freedom. It was a different one in Orlando. And I remember going there and really encountering God pretty much for the first time for myself. I remember going to church with my grandmother. I remember her praying with me, always telling me about Jesus. But it never, it never took root in me. So when I went to this program, I ended up being there for about six months. Um, it was a nine-month program, and I ended up getting offended, and I left. And in that amount of time for me leaving, I would say three months, maybe four months from me leaving that place, I was already back in jail. Um, and I was looking at prison time. And over the years I had spent many times in, in, in the county jail, which is a little different, mm-hmm. um, just in and out, in and out on probation, take what I can to get out. And it always ended up being a violation and going back in just the typical scenario of somebody stuck in the system. And I remember, um, being in there on a violation of probation. And I thought that I was going home and the judge said, well, um, I sentenced you to 15 months Department of Corrections. And I was shocked. I was like, okay, now we're going up a level. Mm. And um, I just kind of mentally prepared myself and did what I always did and just stuffed it down and just tried to be a tough guy. And um, I remember going to prison and uh, it was an experience like no other being in there, um, being away from home. But it was, in, in my mind, I looked at it as a short period of time. And uh, I remember I went to confinement and it was over something. And I, I totally see it. God orchestrates this. It was over something I didn't even do. And they gave me 60 days in confinement. And so the only thing you can have in confinement is a Bible. Wow. So, of course... I'm bored. I have nothing else to do. I ask for the Bible. So they give me the Bible and I read it in 30 days from cover to cover. Yeah. I read it from cover to cover in 30 days. And it was, I was reading it like a book, but I remember it meaning so much. Like it was, it was so much. I looked at it as a story, but I all constantly thought of my grandmother. And I remember what stood out to me the most was King David. And I, and I clearly remember telling my grandmother about that, about how powerful it was that his life went the way that it did and how he, no matter what he did, he still went after the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I didn't surrender my life to God at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got out of prison and I came back home. Well, actually, I moved to Fort Myers, which is where my mother lived at the time. And I ended up hanging around the wrong people again. It only took a matter of time. Um, and I ended up back in jail um, with a lot lot more charges. And uh, took, I pled out to five more years in prison. So I was out of prison maybe maybe five months, six months, 
And I was already going back with five more years. So in that time that I was in there, um, I, I didn't really have any connections, but pretty much everybody had given up on me because over the years I had, you know, burned so many bridges for mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol sure. and partying and, and just, you know, I've, I've stolen from almost everybody I know. Um, I was not somebody you wanted to be around at all. It was extremely um, aggressive, angry and arrogant and just not a, I wouldn't have wanted to be around me at all. Um, so in, when I go to prison, I just cut myself off from everybody. My, my choice was to just, when I get out, just disappear. Mm-hmm. I was just going to leave. You know, I had, I love my mother. I've never blamed her for the things that she influenced me in. She, you know, obviously she had us when she was young and kids don't come with manuals. So she just never grew up herself. So I've never blamed her. My mother and I are very close now. She's sober, by the way. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, awesome. Yeah. And um, I was just going to leave. And then two years into my sentence, um, I get a I get a letter from um, a girl that I dated for a very long time. And there's some pictures in there of a little girl. Ooh. And my daughter was two years old. And I had no idea. You know, I had no idea I had a child or anything. So it kind of, it, it sparked some hope in me that I could have something to live for. Mm. And um, of course it changed everything for my decision to just leave. Mm. And um, so without, throughout the last three years of my sentence, I started building a relationship with my daughter. Um, her mother would bring her to visit me. Um, that changed over time because I got in trouble when I was in there and I got shipped to other institutions and, and I was all over the state. Um, and then I came, I came home from prison and I moved back to Okoy and I was living at the, the woman I was dating. I was living at her mother's house. Um, and through the years, her mother was kind of an enabler for me. Um, she, cause she just kind of would always come and rescue me whenever things got bad, if I got hairy, um, she would just always come and pick me up. And she would take me back to her house and just let me stay there until I got on my feet again. And I would just do the same cycle over <laughs> and over. So when I got out, I was on parole. So there was kind of a leash. It was holding me back. And once that was over with, there was no restraints anymore. So of course I went right back into doing drugs and I was thinking I was hiding it, but everybody could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the point of deception. You don't know you're deceived. Mm-hmm. And um I started using heavily again and it got to the point where I just couldn't even look at myself in the mirror anymore. I just, I, I hated it. I hated who I had become. I had uh, such pain and, and regret that I didn't know how to deal with. I had no other, you know, I never, never ever in my life the thought of suicide. I know, you know, it's just never that. Um, but it, it, my way of coping with it was to go deeper, was to just drown everybody out and just go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And, I remember um, my daughter's mother, her name is Amy. I remember she, uh, she reached out and she said, you know, I want you, I want to help you. And um, I remember coming to the point where I was just like, I have to do this on my own. I don't want you guys to keep always coming to my rescue. I have to stand on my own two feet. I have to face my problems. And um, she said, okay. And she left me alone. Then I remember she called me one day and she said, there's something really important that I need you to see. And so I met with her and she gave me this card and it was a, it was a business card. It was a total freedom card. 
And she said, I want to tell, I said, look, I said, I wanted you to leave me, you know, let me do this on my own. And she said, no, I want you to hear how I got this. And back when I was in prison and she was coming to visit me, her brother lived with her and he was an addict. She didn't trust him at her house when she wasn't there. So she left to come see me and she would take him and drop him off somewhere. Well, she took him and dropped him off at a mall, come and saw me. And then when she went back to pick him up, he was wet. I guess it was raining outside. He took everything out of his pockets. And it was, and this was two, two, almost three years before I got out. Mm-hmm. Well, then he died. He actually overdosed and died. And the card was in her car the whole time, just sitting there and she pulled it out. And when she looked at the website, she saw that it was revised on my birthday. So she was like, this has to mean something. Mm-hmm. So she gave it to me and I, and I took it and I, and I thought about it for a while. And then I found out they were right around the corner. It was in Okoy. And so I gave them a call. And I remember I spoke to the girl in the office. And I, it was like I, I was in such a daze at the time. And I, and I spoke with her and uh, told her what I was going through. And I just, I just felt the, the, the safety of being honest with somebody that I didn't mm, even wow. know. Her. You know, I just felt that the safety, safety of, of just being, being honest. honest. Like just, there was wow. no... My entire life, I had lived in a shell. Like I was guarded and it was like, it was just toppled. I was just able to be open. And I expressed what I was going through and they, and they said, well, you, you can come here. And it's, um, it was, it, you know, it didn't cost anything to go. And um, I agreed to nine months. And I remember, because um, it, it's, so, it's such a rigorous program that it's very disciplined, very structured. And I remember being in the classroom because the first three months you're there because it's a deliverance ministry. Mm -hmm. So your first three months there, you're in a classroom setting five days a week, headphones in your ears all day long, listening to the word of God, the pastor preaching on, you know, and it started to, started to get on my nerves. I'm honest. It it started to, it started to bother me. And in my first couple of weeks, I remember saying before I went there, I need something different. I need to do something different. Something has to be different. Everything I had tried failed. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in that classroom wanting to leave. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and I just heard God for one of the first times in my life. He said, You wanted, he said, You said you wanted something different. And I was like taken aback by it. I was like, What was that? <laughs> was like, did, like, did I just hear the voice of God? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I remember, and he just, he just made the knowing. He said, You want something different. He said, Give this, a, this is different. This is what you wanted. I gave you what you wanted. So from that moment forward, I just decided to press in. And me being so headstrong my entire life, I looked at it like, I can do this. I'm going to accomplish this and nobody's going to stop me. Mm -hmm. So I just really started to listen to what pastor was talking on. And the Lord started to make it come alive to me so much. It was like every time I would open the Bible, every time I would hear him preach and what he was preaching on, I started to see it in the word, why I was the way that I was why I had become who I had become. Not only that, but he showed me how to come out of that, to overcome it and to stay away from it. And it started to, and I looked at it just as addiction at first. Then I started to see it as life, period. And it was so cool because the word of God just started coming to life everywhere. I would see something, a situation, interaction with a person and it would just be like, this is what the word says about that. That's what the word's talking about right there. And I'll never forget the times I was receiving revelation from the Lord. It was the most glorious thing in my life. I would go to work and I would be at work doing whatever. 
and I'd be praying all day and I would just receive revelation from him, understanding of what he's speaking to me. And I was just like, this is so cool. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to share it with everybody. And I got rejected left and right. You know, nobody, everybody thought I was just self-righteous and just overzealous. And it's just, mm -hmm. I didn't care. It was just like, whatever you guys can, you know, I know where I'm going. Like, right. I know my dad. Right. And, um, I remember in a time of worship that, um, I could just confess to him. I said, Lord, I don't have a dad. It was like, and that's bothered me my whole life. It's like, I don't have a dad. And he said to me, he said, you don't need a dad. I'm your father. Mm -hmm. And it transformed everything. I was able to forgive my dad for everything I'd ever blamed him for. It was wow. such a, a moment of clarity, of freedom, like a, a just. Man, brother, you're sitting in good company. Absolutely. <laughs> Holy It smokes. was just, it was complete freedom. It, it, it was transform, transforming. And um, the reason why I said 2019 was just a really bad year for me is because I got, I met my wife at Total Freedom. I had been there for four years. I lived there on campus for four years. Um, I managed the men's house for for quite some time. I had my ups and downs um, in that place, but I was always connected. And I had always had um, like-minded brothers and sisters that I could dwell with. Like it's, you know, how sweet it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Mm -hmm. And um, I met my wife there. She was the manager of the women's house. Um, and neither of us had taken notice of each other at all. And one day it just came on for both of us, just like, like God just made us like aware of each other. Um, <clears throat> cause they're really, they have a real strict guideline of men and women, not, um, consorting, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I followed the rules to the T, you know, I had such a lack of discipline in my life. I purposed myself through prayer to receive discipline of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just, it, when it turned on, we, it was undeniable. Like I knew I'm going to marry this woman. And I remember I went and I talked to the pastor about it. And, um, you know, being in a position of authority, you, you can't, you'll be distracted. You can't walk in that authority as in the ministry overseeing the men or the women overseeing the women. It'll be a distraction. And I received, I understand that it's your, your mind will be focused more on building your relationship than pouring in to the brothers and sisters around you. Um, it's just a change of dynamic. And we agreed that we would step down from our positions and we would pursue our relationship. Um, we were married January 25th. Um, it's been, it was 2017. Um, we, we courted for well over a year before we even went on a date. Um, just got to know each other through conversations, through phone and stuff. And, um, there came a time where we lived on campus. We were running a house from pastor and we, we, um, we decided that we were going to move. Um, a situation had taken place where um, we had got offended. My wife got, um, regardless of the situation, I handled it wrong as a man of God. I should have taken it before the Lord in prayer. Mm. And I should have went and had counsel with my pastor and, and done things in order before the Lord. And instead, I reared up as my flesh and decided I needed to protect my wife. So we moved to Ormond Beach um, without even knowing what we were going to do. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any, you know, none of that. I just had a brother. 
that I was at the ministry with that had a house out there with his family and his family's real dear to me. So he said that we could come and stay with him. And it was really cool in that because even though looking back now, I know I had walked away from what God was telling me to do in a sense of where I was still following him, but I wasn't doing exactly what he wanted me to do. So it was cool to see how he still provided. Mm-hmm. He still took care of us. He made some, when we moved out there, the very next day I got a job. It was just presented before me. And uh, we ended up living with our friend for uh, about six months rent-free. I'm um, able to get on our feet. Uh, we ended up moving into our own place. And then I decided to change jobs a couple of times. And I ended up starting my own business. Well, what came with the business was a lot of money. So I ended up making more money than I should have had. Um, growing up poor, I didn't ever really have anything. Never had the nice shoes. Never had any mm-hmm. nice things. I always wanted nice things, but they weren't my drive. So receiving an abundance of money, it was overwhelming. And it led me to start buying a lot of things and getting caught up in, in flashiness and getting caught up in just living for my own desires. And I had mm-hmm. kind of, without even realizing I was doing it, put God on the back burner. Mm. Um, and that's where I started to lose, I don't want to say faith. I've always, I have faith, I believe, but I, I just lost my relationship to a degree where I was not seeking him any longer. Not in the ways that, you know, I would get up in the morning and I would say a quick prayer um, and think that I was good. You sensed that he was silent. He was very silent. Mm-hmm. He was very silent. Um, and I remember over a period of time, um, it just began to snowball. And then I started to have the desire to drink. Oh. Um, and I did. I drank. And then that spiraled. And I ended up, um, I ended up falling. I ended up using. and caused me to come to a place where I needed to really surrender. And I rem- I'll never forget, I called my pastor here in, o- in Okoy and I, and I just said, I just laid it all before him. And um, he said, well, come home. And I did. And um, it was the greatest thing ever happened to me. It was like, I, I was able to teach other men and I was able to speak on my life but I, I was always speaking from a place of a certain level of experience, but yet a lot of knowledge. Because I had studied, I had went to school, I had, I had done these things that I was pursuing God in. And I was able, never able to speak from a place of, um, I want to say like a certain level of darkness, so to speak. Like where I was in such a deep darkness where I actually understood his grace such a deeper level mm. in his mm. mercy. And yeah. I just remember how kind he was to me in that time that I was in such a confused state of mind and such a broken place in my heart that all I could think about was like, I can't hear my father. It was like, Lord, I'm, you know, even that I would be in tears and tears and tears, hating myself and with such shame and regret. And I'll never forget. He spoke to me. He said, not one of those tears, not one single one of those tears is going to change your situation. And I didn't cry from that moment forward. Wow. I didn't cry. I was like, there's no point. Mm-hmm. None, none, nothing. It's not the answer. And what the answer was, was surrender. And when I surrendered and he just come in like a flood, I mean, it was like, I didn't, it was like a whole new God. It's like, I had never even met him. You know, it was like, I never experienced him before. 
And it was such a radical transformation that he just to hear his voice again and just to have a knowing of this is who I am. Like there's nothing else can compare. Nothing, nothing else satisfies. Everything else fails. It may last for a while. And, and it, there's just no other answer. It's, it's just, that's what life is. He is life, you know, and he gave it to us for a reason. And that's why whenever a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was just like, when he said that to me, he said, what are you doing in your testimony? He said, you're just sitting on it. You're not, you're not giving it. You're not doing anything with it. There's somebody that needs to hear what you've experienced. And um, from that moment forward, it was just like, I, he just kept flooding me and bringing me back to the things that he had done and what he had brought me out of. And like, all I can think of was his kindness. And this, you know, and then the scripture says, it's his kindness that leads to repentance. Like to repent is to turn away. So it's his kindness that causes us to turn away from the darkness. And I was just like, I can't be doing anything but be grateful for what, you know, he's delivered me from because he's definitely set me free from a lot. Um, mm. And, I, you know, the what we were saying earlier about the battle, like it's a battle. It's like, that's what life is. This life is a battle. And the the flesh against the spirit, mm -hmm. the spirit against the flesh. And it's it's... It's just comforting and reassuring to know that yeah, I've made some boneheaded mistakes and we all do, but his grace is there to catch us. Like he's, he's always there. You know, I, I believe we grieve his spirit a lot, probably a lot more than we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Absolutely. the truth there, brother. It, it, but it's still, he's still there. He, that's what I'm getting lately over the last couple of weeks is that no matter what, He's still there. Our circumstances don't change him. Our circumstances don't define nor dictate our relationship with him. He still loves us the same. Mm -hmm. He's still going to speak to us the same. He still offers us the same forgiveness. Everything that is about him is just simply who he is. Like That doesn't change. We're going to change. We're going to make decisions. We're going to walk away. We're going to come back. We're going to go back and forth in, in our trials and struggles. But he constantly reminds me... Um, Every prison cell I've been in, um, every time I've been the lowest lows of addiction and, and not in a place where he's condemning, he just keeps it fresh in me. Mm -hmm. Be grateful. Remember, don't forget these things. Um, he's steadfast, right, Mikey? Yeah. yeah. That's a wonderful word. When you said it that, is. I was just like, I was curious to know, <laughs> I'm going to go study it now. Because you said you studied it and these other things. And, and I just... I You just I, described that word. I mean, steadfast. <laughs> He's much. not going anywhere. He's the same. It's, it's immovable. It's, it's, it's right? Exactly what rock. it was oh my in Greek and in English. <laughs> and that's immovable. what I was going to... When you said that, is I was going to say, it probably means the same thing. No matter where yeah, you look for absolutely. it. It means sure. the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. And when I looked it up, I was in tears. And I had to look officially and get it official. And, well, who do I say sent me? I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, but your, your, your story with the, with the father and no, no father and, wow. He actually got a second two by four upside the head. He actually got the wisdom two by four. Yeah. When he, <laughs> he, he, he realized after the fact mm -hmm. what the whole thing was about. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, wow, that messes with me. I had a, real quick, I just had, I had a moment um, when I did, 
when I had made the choice to, to use again, I remember I had, I had a moment with the Lord that I'll never forget, completely transformed me. In a moment, I, I remember I used drugs and I was, I was high. I was high as a kite. And I re, my first thought was, what have I done? What have I done? And I fell to my knees and cried to God. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I said, I don't know what to do. And in that moment, it, I just had this vision of the heavens opening. And I just heard him say, Michael. And it, by the time I opened my eyes, I was sitting there for almost two hours. Felt like an instant. And the, I remember Jesus just showed me the entire gospel from beginning to end. Mm. From beginning to end. And it was just like, I'll, I just, I'll never forget that. You know, that way you just said it, it took two, two by fours over the head. Like it, it, my first go around, I learned about identity. I learned about discipline. I learned about um, reverence. But then I had to learn about his grace and his mercy and his kindness and, and the genuine love. It was, it was My dad always had a saying, uh, he'd say, Fritz, the person that knows how will always be at the mercy of the person that knows why. Ooh. <laughs> Really and the good. father showed you why. Amen. That was the second two by four upside the head. And that's what raises the hair on my arm. I mean, mm -hmm. it's an awesome testimony. But right. what he said at the end is that what got me. And uh, he's, he's steady. He's steadfast. He's not going anywhere. No, he never changes. He treats us with kindness and grace. Mm -hmm. He loves us despite us. Yep. Amen. You know, he, he died on the cross with his arms wide open. Right. Which means... They're always open. Amen. Always open. Amen. He never hmm. gives up on us. He nope. doesn't. We never leave us or forsake him, us. He never gives up on us. Nope. nope. He does not. Wow. When I think about the testimony that you just gave, and I think about how you don't have very many memories of when you were a young child, you know, I think that, you know, sometimes those things are a blessing too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah because you don't know what you went through. You don't remember what you went through as a young child, but just in hearing the rest of your testimony, knowing what you went through while you can remember these things um, is staggering. You know, um, I know for me as a mom, it rattles me to think that a mom would teach their child how to do drugs. Um because, you know, we are supposed to be the ones that are being the beacons to show you the right way to go. And so when you don't have somebody who is that clear barometer for you, it's difficult for you to make right choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think God showed you a lot of mercy because of that, because you had the two most important people in your life that are supposed to be there for you in this world weren't because they were messed up too. Mm -hmm. But he and, had a praying grandmother. But Amen. you had a praying grandma. Yes. I know it is kind of cliche that it is. you must have had a praying grandma. Uh -huh. But this, he did. Her and I are very close now. That is so awesome. Very close now. Um, and my mother, my mother and I are close too. We don't talk much, but you know, I've been ridiculed for um, being the way I am with my mother. I, I love my mother to death. I treat her with the utmost respect. That's the first that's the first commandment with a promise. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, that's amen, the first brother. first commandment with a promise. Yeah. And, you know, I'm grateful for all my struggles because I had to get in there and I had to learn. Um, 
And what better way to learn but through the word of God, through the Lord. Right. You know, I, I would have rather learned it that way than any other way. Right. Amen. And, and you also, he also gave the opportunity, like I said before, to witness to men coming through the same thing that you went through. Cause that's usually what he does where he Amen. takes, when he takes you through something and you finally get it right, then he'll start to bring people around your circle, so to speak, that mm-hmm. now you, you're the teacher. Amen. And, um, you know, and one of the things I like too is that, and I hate to say that I like it, but you know, it wasn't like a cure-all as soon as Jesus just sort of stepped into your life. Amen. You, you know, it, it was real because mm. you relapsed, you yeah. know, <laughs> and you had to fight your way back Amen. from that relapse. You had to forgive yourself. You had to find the right path but you were very determined and you knew the way this time because you, you know, God had already shown you what the way mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And so you were able to get back to that, that righteous path and you have an appreciation for it. And I, you know, God always um, in, in the Bible, he, he says, you know, who loves me more, right? Is mm-hmm. it the person who's, you know, sinned the most or the person who sinned the least. And you figure, you know, the person who sins the most mm-hmm. is the person who has the most appreciation for what he's done for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just as, you know, I always feel that too, because, you know, I made so many mistakes in life and, mm-hmm. and I think that's what life is. <laughs> it's about that trial and Amen. error and trying to find your way back to the Lord because as soon as we're born, we are just selfish from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Amen. What, what do little kids always say? Yeah. Mine. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I still haven't stopped saying it. <laughs> I've always told my, my brothers that um, just keep going. Put one foot in front of the other, even if it drags. Just keep going. Today you'll make baby steps. Tomorrow you'll take leaps. You might take a step backwards, but keep going forward. Keep don't moving let it forward. Yes. Don't let it stop you in your momentum. And I'm grateful I have such an awesome wife. She's Amen. she's had a radical transformation, and in, and through my falling, she truly exemplified Christ to me. Wonderful. In so many ways. But I, I'll never forget. I remember I come home from work one day. We weren't talking at all, living in the same house. And I, and I, it just, the littlest thing caught my eye. I was coming out of the bathroom and there was a brand new toothbrush there for me. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, she still bought me a new toothbrush. She has mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. right under the sun to just leave me. She didn't. And, I, and she truly exemplified. Christ What's her name? That. Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah. Rochelle, we want your testimony. <laughs> I asked her to come. What a beautiful um, name. And she she may, and she's a beautiful woman. She's, well, she's going to listen to this. So she's sure. absolutely amazing in every way possible. I know beyond anything that, that when God made her, he made me. Well, he definitely dropped something in both of your spirits to Amen. connect you guys with each other. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. feel like that was an accident at no, all. No, coincidence. Yeah. And, you know, God, God sets people up that way. Yep. You know, you kind of got to get a feeling that I thought about Paul when he was talking about the the kindness of the Lord. And, you Mm -hmm. know, when Paul speaks about being alone, how lonely he was and poured out like a drink offering, Mm -hmm. you got to know God was kind in those moments that, that he was there. Mm -hmm. Just being there. Powerful. 
That's what, you know, when you said my, the, that, uh, the book of Ephesians is, I pray it as a prayer every morning, the entire book of Ephesians. The wow. entire book? Yes. I pray it as Whoa. a prayer. Um, I insert myself, blessed be the God of my father. Which, which one? Wow. Yeah. The entire book? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I, and I say it as a prayer. I remember when I came back, um, into ministry, uh, after, after falling, it was, um, such a profound thing for me when I would read it that the words that Paul was speaking were so um, focused on God, so focused on who God was and, and just the words speaking, they're just proclamations. They're just declarations mm-hmm. of, you know, the Lord himself and, and who we are in him. And so I just started to speak it every morning and then it transformed into putting, inserting myself, mm-hmm. you know, instead of it saying, blessed be the God of our father, I just blessed be the God of my father. Right. You know, and I made it personal and it, and it really, really brought a lot of, a lot of revelation because it takes that time to go through it mm-hmm. and to, to deny your flesh and say, I just want to seek you right. and, and that stillness he speaks. Right. Wow. I put on the full armor every day. I, yeah, I do that Amy, you have to. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to walk out the front door uh-uh. no. of this, uh, no. <laughs> in this day and age without uh-huh. it. Cool no thing about, way. Cool thing about the armor is before he, before he even goes into describing the armor, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Stand firm. Amen. <laughs> and wow. when you've done all, then stand. Mm-hmm. Here's that word steadfast. Amen. Again. Yep. Amen. <laughs> and, you yep. know, when you said that, I received it. When you said that, mm-hmm. very for me, I steadfastly ministered to my spirit big time. Wow. So that was, Man. so you sat on that testimony for a few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've, um, you heard it here first, right? That's on right. God Stories Radio. There's, there's actually much, much more. I know we only. Have hey, we'll have you back, man. I'd part love two. To, I'd love to come. Bring back. the wife. We'll Amen. just. Uh, well, I'd like to get the wife in here too, for sure. Well, I'll sure. We don't want to pressure. I'm sure she, you know, she, come she, and she hang may out. be married to him, but yeah. she has her own walk that she did in her. Oh, own yeah, absolutely. Individual testimony, absolutely. Hey, and if you have a testimony like Michael does, we would love. To hear from you, uh, GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, GodStoriesRadioTina at gmail.com. She does the booking here, and we would love to have you in studio. But if you can't make it, hey, you can call in. You can write in. We've read testimonies before. We've made whole shows out of them. We've had people write in and, and tell us one or two hour stints in their day where God moved. It's a God story. Absolutely. We want it. So, uh Get in touch with us, GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. Drop us a like on Facebook. And if you'd like to have the uh, Mixler where you can link, we can send that to you too. If you'd like, just let us know and uh, you can listen live every Thursday while you're chopping up onions or <laughs> whatever you're doing to prepare dinner for the family. Uh-huh. So. Well, and, and uh, those Facebook likes we had today, if anybody out there has not liked this yet on Facebook, uh, or if you can, Please do so. We appreciate it. All right. Oliver's going to like us on Facebook. Uh, sure. I'm going to shoot him is what I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, uh-huh. In case you're wondering, our, our dog has uh, gone it's psycho in the house and up. is uh, singing at uh, a level of acapella. I mm-hmm. <laughs> Through the whole show. Oh, my goodness. Well, he has separation anxiety. I guess he, he does, does bad. He yes, really he does. does. Hopefully you can't hear him. But if you can... Uh, laugh with us. Oh, and there's there's another thing. Uh, the tax man cometh. 
hey, the tax man cometh, guys. It's that time of year. And if the Lord were to nudge you to help us out, give some spare change, uh, go to www.godstoriesradio.com. And there's a PayPal button right down about halfway down the front page. And press yeah. the button if God so uh, directs we, you to do so. We appreciate it. Every little bit helps. That's right. Because we I, have to do the taxes just like the big boys. Can I add on to that? Sure. Something I proclaim over my own finances. Amen. And I focus on. Um, the Lord said to me, so where you grow. And he gave me the scripture that says, let him who is taught share in all good things with he who teaches. Mm, so if you man. receive from the Lord, don't hesitate to sow into that fertile ground. Ooh, amen. Receive that, Michael. Amen. <laughs> That'll preach right there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of pastors hey, try to. <laughs> what an, an awesome testimony. And will it you was. come back for part two? Absolutely. Man? I'd love to come. Bring the wife and let her hang out and uh, yeah. see, uh, see what she she'll thinks. She'll come and... right out of her shell. All right. <laughs> That's what we're hoping. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to everybody on Mixler that is hanging out with us and has chatted with me. And uh, we hope you really enjoyed it. And uh, I guess this would be our Thanksgiving episode. We won't be, uh, we won't be on next, next week. week. No. We will not be on next week. Right. No, so, it's uh, keto mashed potatoes next week, people. <laughs> my <laughs> wife makes that. So it's amazing. If you're, if you're <laughs> on good. keto, okay. uh, please pray for my wife as we're uh, trying to navigate uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and uh, maybe I can get some of Mikey's carrot cake and slipped over. And <laughs> they actually have some stuff. Anyway, oyster stuffing. There we go. <laughs> this stuff is awesome. Oh, yeah. Rub it in, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for having me, guys. Oh, you are so welcome, brother. Thank you, you Thank have you for blessed coming. my socks off. I'm not going to lie, man. And I know that people out there are going to be blessed and people needed to hear what you had to say tonight. Right. And we, we only, we only have 109 yes. countries that tune in. Yeah, not very many. <laughs> <laughs> all, all glory to God. Amen Absolutely. to that. His testimony. Amen. Amen to that, brother. Well, that about wraps it up for session 265. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless.